Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. Because we are the brave. Yes, we are the brave. We'll fight you in the name of the brave. We are the USA. For those unaware, that flag is still there. It's our future to save. Stand of the brave, the USA. All right, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. As always, veteran Be Real listeners, it's Sergeant Be Real. I'm back. Today I have Christopher McPhee. This guy, ex-Special Forces, U.S. Army, right? So this guy has been there, done that, got all the medals and hats and all the good stuff, and I'm sure he's got stories that he can't even tell us. But I brought Chris on today to kind of talk to you guys about some of you guys might be out there special operators or you're in Ranger Bad or you're in SF or you're Delta, whatever you might be. But these might be good intro- introduction to kind of what it was like for Chris and his fellow veterans and his, his, his kind of realm on what happens to those guys when they kind of separate from service and what they're doing now. So, Chris, the floor is yours, my friend. Hey, Nick, what's up, brother? Appreciate this opportunity. Hello to everybody in Veteran Be Real Nation. Thank you for having me. And I'm going to just dive right in because that's the way I like to do it. I'm going to just jump over the bush and give you guys what you came here for. Like Nick said, I'm Chris McPhee, retired Army, entered the Army in 94 as an admin specialist about four years later I, I wanted to level up and go in another direction so about 98 I went to special forces and selection there at Fort Bragg 2000 I was in the Q course the qualification course signed in as an 18 echo communicator you know went through Morse code back when it was hard you know so all you knew all you knew combo guys if you if you're listening to this any any green hats out there or anybody going to Q course and they want to be an 18 echo it was I went when it was hard and we had Morse code so you know graduated assigned the third special forces group you know I had no clue about how to pack a ruck infantry tactics you know how to survive in the field you know I was a garrison soldier but I learned some valuable lessons as a garrison soldier I learned about the army I learned where to go get information about the army I learned the values I need to have to be a leader while I'm in the army as the admin guy. So when I got to special forces, I didn't have to learn how to do that. I just needed to know how to be this combat armed soldier. You know, I went to airborne school prior to going to the Q course, went to aerosol school prior to going to the Q course. And then graduating, I needed some more skills. I was like, well, okay, I did get a little bit of SUT, small unit tactics while in the Q course, but it wasn't enough to where I know I should be and where I needed to be. So I ended up going to Ranger School. I did that walk, got my tab. Um, so after that, I felt like, okay, I know enough to start developing myself and, and I could be a, a better operator for the guys on the team where I'm going. And they're knowing that, oh, we're not just getting another admin guy or another soft skill MOS with some seasoned guys. Because this was, this was 2000 when the average age on a team was about 32. Now the average age on a team is probably 23, 24, which I was that age when I 
got to operational detachment. So I had guys there who were, you know, in their late thirties, forties, my team sergeant, shout out to Al Akers, my first team sergeant, old school, 82nd guy, Haiti, Desert Storm, all those places. And that was my first team, team sergeant and showed me the ropes and gave me some insight on what it, it, I needed to do to be an operator. So ranger school, jump master, sniper school, Afghanistan, boom. Within, you know, a couple of years of being on an ODA, we're in Afghanistan. And, you know, I spent from 2002 to 2006 deploying, you know, doing some times there. We had some hard times there. We had some good times. But it was all new. It was, it was a shock for everybody. I'm not going to even go down the road with war stories because it's the same for whether you was a special operator or a regular army or whatever service guy. If you wasn't in special ops, it was the same for everybody. Everybody had a hard time. You know, everybody dealt with some issue. Um, so I'm not going to make it seem like what I was doing was any worse than what everybody else is doing because everybody was dealing with their issues at their level. And, and, I, and I'm going to just leave it at that. We all lost buddies, you know. I say mentally, and and some have probably experienced this multiple times, but the first time for me where my roommate, rest in peace, Mitch Lane, he was in, we were in Kandahar, and we had just finished up with doing some ops there, and he was going out, and I was transitioning to somewhere else to help the unit out. But unfortunately, he didn't make it in on the infield, and I was the last one for my unit and I had to, they woke me up and I had to escort him home through the whole nine yards. And that, that just opened my eyes to like, okay, yeah, I'm having fun doing this. You know, I was single at the time. I wasn't married. I had kids divorced, but for me, I didn't really have a family per se, like immediate to go right back home to. Somebody wasn't waiting on me, even though my kids and my mom and everybody else was there, but immediate family waiting. But Unfortunately, Mitch, he didn't make it that night, and I had to bring him home. He had four girls, wife, kids, dad. One of the most weirdest thing is being in his house and his dad. It's like, who's, who's the guy who, who escorted my son home? And everybody looked at me, and it was like, that guy right there. So he comes over, and he looks at me, looks at me up and down. He just grabs me and starts crying, bro. Like, like, it was just, even to this day when I tell the story, because I remember it, yeah, you feel it, right? I yeah. feel it, bro. Like, like it. as tired as I was from being up and making sure everything was perfect and following the protocol to get a soldier home properly and, and with due respect, I always remember that. And, and I always think about it. So I know everybody's had a hard time. So we pushed through that. I spent my time working in SWIC at the schoolhouse. I did my time there three years and back back to a team and working more on the technical side. So I didn't get a time to do team sergeant time, but I still was promoted to math sergeant and I started working another realm, which brought me to Washington, DC. So probably my last four or five years, I started doing a lot of work in Washington, DC on the Intel side of the house, uh, more on a technical uh, counter, counter Intel side of the house. And then after going back and still doing deployments, but not in a combat capacity, but more in the combat support, I started thinking about retirement and, you know, how much longer am I going to do this? Like, okay, here's another deployment. You know, if I go back to an ODA, I know what it's going to be. It's going to be more deployments because that train doesn't stop. 
it hasn't stopped. I have one of my closest friends who graduated me with me in the Q course right now. He's about to retire. So this podcast, he needs to listen to it because I'm having talks with him and he's having these same questions that everybody are coming up with. And I'm going to be real from what I've learned and what I've heard from all my friends that are operators and soldiers that I know personally that are retiring. You guys got to take this seriously. As much effort you put into being the best soldier, being the best operator, being the best medic, being the best jump master, being Audie Murphy, being soldier to quarter, all those things you were doing in whatever service. When I joined the army, it was be all you can be. So as much effort I put into being all I could be for the army, you have to do that for yourself. You got to figure out what that is that you need to do to be the best Chris, to be the best Nick, to be the best Lisa, to be the best, you know, what whoever you are, male or female. Mm-hmm. And it starts by you taking the time to sit down and figuring out what you want. It's not easy. I'm going to say that transition and pro- crossing that bridge, it's a long walk, but I, I will say it's going to take you some time, you know, two, three years uh, mentally. So you have to start early. And for me, some of my mentors gave to me is that, hey, you ne- if you're thinking about retirement. So when I started thinking about retirement, I was like, okay, okay I'm at 15. 20s right there. What are you going to do? What does your promotion situation look like? And honestly, I'm going to be real. I, I thought I was going to retire as E7, you know, but I got my paperwork together. You know, I, I presented myself to the board and I got promoted. So I was like, you know what? Okay, let me take that time. But this is still going. Let's see where this goes. But I still made the decision to retire, do a military my wife was in the military and we had a young little boy now. So I'm looking at that for the future. I felt I served my time from 30 days out of high school. I was in basic training from July 1994 to, you know, 2015, uh, December. So I felt that, hey, my time, I gave enough and it was time for me to move on and start my next life. So I made that decision to start planning out what do I want to do? I said, okay, I'm a combo guy. I know admin stuff. Okay, I got some Cooper. Hey, what is that? I got ranger skills. I got jump out of the plane skills. I got shooting skills. Yeah, those are important. Yeah. You know, those are Yeah, exactly. You know, I got I got truck driving skills. I know how to, you know, my, my French wasn't that great coming out of because we ended up imagine that. They they teach you in pounding your head. French, but then I go and work in Afghanistan where they don't speak French. No, no, no French. So, so that, there, there we go with that language. So that those language skills wasn't as hard as I wished it, they would could have been. But I have all these skills, and I said, well, you know what? I'm a tech guy. Computers was my thing before I even joined the military and before I became in special forces. So I I maintained that, and that helped me be a better communicator as a as an 18 echo because once computers and satellites and all the data that we're dealing with nowadays came online i was in a good position and can be a good asset to my team because i knew it Um, i was actually building computers for guys in the q course so they could practice their you know language skills through cd 
So I was doing that. So I had those skills. And then people started telling me, my mentors that had already retired, hey, man, you need to look at business. You know, this government contracting, hey, the government is hiring guys with your skills. They're looking for former operators to help the new operators learn. They need coaching and teaching and mentor. And they need your skills. They need that experience because we lost probably 23, by 2002 to 2004, we lost a lot of the experience in the Army, in special operations due to guys at that point, like, hey, I'm going to just punch the card and go start my business. Or guys was like, you know what? I did my time. I'm going to punch out. I'm going to go jump on this. This is hot right now. So we lost a lot of experience and talent. I mean, that's why they had to gen up the 18 x-ray program you know, and start rebuilding the force. So those guys who who took that leap, they mentored me and said, hey, man, you need to start a business. So I did that. And I was always, I'm originally from Miami, Florida. And anybody listening, if you're from Miami, Florida, or if you know about uh, Miami, Florida, I grew up in Dade County, down there in Miami, Florida, in the Opelika, Liberty City area, some of the neighborhoods I lived in. But you always have this mentality, like going after it, you know, so-called hustle what we talk about nowadays. So I always did something offline from the military. I sold real estate. I repaired and built computers on the side gig to make extra cash. So business was was my sense and something I looked at when I transitioned, which leads me to now in 2020 versus 2015 and people who've retired before then, there are more than enough resources to do whatever you want to do. If you don't know what you want to do, there's help to help you do what you want to do. So, and I would be real because that's what we're doing here. That's how we do it. I'm going to be straight with you. If you don't know, go find some help. Yeah. Go talk to somebody who knows. Go ask somebody. Just ask somebody. Like, you don't have to do this by yourself. And that's what I see a lot of guys doing. So I would say the only bad thing I have to say about the TAPS program is... So it's too much. Don't crack that door open. <laughs> it's too much information at once. That's the only thing bad I have to say about it. There's something for everybody. It might not be the end all be all, but it's a start to open the door to what's out there. Medical, professional, mental, wherever you need. That is the crack right there in the door to go wherever you want. And if if the task program is not for you, then shift gears and look for another open door. But if you don't know where to start, go to that. Take a recorder with you because you're not going to be able to write it down. Don't even stress yourself out. Take a recorder with you if they let you record it and just record it. If I had to do it back, if I had to do it again, that's what I would have did. I would have had a recorder. I would have sat up in the front and I would just press play every day and then go back and listen to it because it's just too much to consume. It's overwhelming. You're already stressed out about transition. You don't know what you want to do. You're listening to everybody. You have all these ideas in your head. Do I have a family to take care of? Do I have kids to take care of? Do I have bills? Do I have finances? You know, if those things are all not in order, you're going to be stressed out. Just, you know, let people know. But I would tell everybody, make sure you take advantage of that. So my first job transitioning out, I was an Intel analyst, which was cool. But I think two or three weeks into it, I sat down. I was in my desk. I had my computer. I logged into my outlook and I'm like, all right, this is it. You know, this is, this is my life now. So 
got back into deploying. I worked at a joint IED counter agency here in Reston on a contract with Intel special operators or Intel analysts where we go and team up with, with commands and help them, you know, deal with the issues of IEDs in Iraq and Afghanistan. So back in the deployment cycle again, it wasn't the norm, but it was still deployment. It was still the mindset of deploying, going somewhere, sucking it up, and then coming home and then re- rinse and repeating that. So I did that for a year and a half. And after my second trip, I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm just, I'm just totally done. Even though I retired and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm out. I'm doing my thing. I still had remnants of, I need to deploy. I need to deploy. And, and I think it was just in me. And I, I left that job and I started another company in photo and video. But somehow a little bit later until, you know, doing startup, I ended up back there on another contract in this deployment cycle. It's same place. And I was just like, why am I here? Again, mentally, it, like for two weeks, I went through a state of depression over there. And I was like, this is not, I need, this is not, there's other ways to make a living than deploying like this. So that was my last turn in my head to say, you know what, there's more for you. There's other ways to do it. So I was done with deploying and now I focus on connecting. My second point is what I want to tell everybody. Connect with other veterans that are out here doing stuff. Do not put yourself on an island. Don't figure like, oh, don't try to be prideful and, and try to go at this by yourself. You know, once you let get the pride out of the, out of the way, things will get easier for you. Everybody is trying to figure this out. Nobody has all the answers is, is the mentality I have. Everybody's trying to figure this out. So I have no problem calling somebody, asking them for help or, hey, man, can you explain this to me? I'm trying to do this. Or you know what? I'm trying to do this. What do you think? You know, open yourself up. Be a little vulnerable. You have to be a little vulnerable. I know we're all tough guys. You know, people see me and they're like, oh, Chris, you're tough. Like, no, man, I'm just like you, man. I just had a different job. That's the way I always looked at it. I had a different job, but. That would be my second point is going back to getting help, connect with other veterans that are out here. There's so many organizations out here, and I'm going to plug one because I'm, I'm actually a mentor for them, is ACP, American Corporate Partners. Mm-hmm. And I did that during my transition. So if you haven't really started the transition process, look for a mentorship program that will help you get across that, get across that bridge. And and ACP did it for me. 12 months it was a 12 month program. And I worked one on one once or twice a month. I would talk to my mentor. I brought all my questions and all my problems to him. And we worked through it, you know, and it was an open conversation, no judgment zone. Nobody's there to judge. And, and we worked through it. So that is another thing I would tell people to do is look for those programs. There's hundreds of, of them out there. Just Google veteran mentorship program and you'll hit like 10, 20 of that will help you. And, and they don't cost anything, but a phone call and your time, that's all it's going to cost you. Um, We as veterans, other than like some of our past veterans here in America, there's so many, there's abundance of opportunity for us. If we have mental issues, there's somebody there to help us. You know, if we need financial, there's somebody to help us. You know, if we need education, there's somebody to help us get education. So I just got to hit it on the head. Pick up the phone, 
look to your left and right. Who's the closest to you? Say, hey, man, you know anything about this? If they say no, ask them if they know somebody who knows something about it. I mean, especially if you're in a veteran community, I don't think there's no reason why you should not have help. That's that's what we're used to doing. Yeah, and I'm a big fan anyway, Chris. So like I tell people all the time, if you got a question, you got to, hey, message us on Facebook. Shoot me an email from my website. I will find the answer for you if you're a veteran or a soldier getting in transition. I know I will put the effort in for you because that's what I do for a living. I run a nonprofit. I do all these things. So I've got so many contacts for all those different types of applications, mentorship, like Chris is talking about, financial needs or assistance or college. If you really want to get down in the nitty gritty of what your GI Bill is going to cover and yada, yada. I got all those people lined up for you. So Chris is being real, man. So his web, his Facebook page, his web, we're, we're there. We're, we're veteran mentors now because we're veterans and we're, yeah. we're established and we're there. We want to help all you guys out there that are getting ready to transition out. And if you've already transitioned out, we still want to help you because we want to make sure you're successful because you're part of that 1%, right? You're part of that veteran community. There's not that many of us, but if we don't look out for each other like we did while we were in the military, we're not going to be successful because we won't have our, it's just like, don't leave a brother, you know, don't leave a fallen soldier. Don't leave a brother behind battle buddy. However you want to concept it in your head. The point is Chris is talking about it. I've told you guys about it numerous times that if you need help, the only stupid thing you can do is not ask because if you ask, then you've opened the door for a lot of people to try to help you and give you assistance and help you. I've told you about the Vetrepreneur Tribe. I've told you about what Facebook groups, and you can just type in veteran in Facebook, and there's a gazillion veteran groups. And if you jump in there and they're not active and they're not, they're not supportive, then you get out of it and go find a different one because you're sitting at your computer anyway, right? So it doesn't take you all day. You know, Chris has made a lot of great points with all this, right? He's talked about, because even I, what, the biggest thing I take from everything Chris saying is it doesn't matter if you're a special operator or you're just Joe Snuffy, a line cook in some unit. You're still a soldier. You still did time. You still served. We all had to be soldiers first. Even Chris had to be a soldier first. He didn't just come in the army as a special operator. He had to come in the army first, then apply for it and go. Right? I applied for OCA or uh, Green. I went. I went to selection way back. I got hurt, but I went to selection way back in the day. Right? It didn't work out for me, so I just say, hey, that ain't my path, evidently, because it didn't work out. So I just took a different path. Right? But guys, it doesn't matter. Special operator like Chris, regular medic like me, an infantry soldier, or whatever, Ranger battalion, it doesn't matter. When you get out, yeah, people like to see, like, I'm sure Chris gets a lot of people because he was a special opera. He gets a little bit of a, you know, special, hey, people are impressed by that, right? Just a regular soldier. Yeah, they're impressed, but not as, but you know what? In the end, like I've told you guys before, it doesn't matter who you were before. It's about who you are now. You can't be what you were. Chris can't be a Green Beret anymore. He's not a Green Beret anymore. He's a, he's Chris McPhee now. He's Chris McPhee. He does, he, yes, that was part of who he was and a part of, it built him into where, who he is now, but it's not who he is now. Right. And that's one of the big things I had to phase my life out of when I got out was I'm not starting first class Valentine anymore. I'm just John Valentine or Nick Valentine or whatever. I'm just a businessman now. I'm just a person trying to make an effort in my community. So all you guys get ready to separate. Chris said it the best. And we've said this before in a lot of the episodes. Make a plan, whether it's, hey, I want to get promoted, stay in the army or, hey, I want to get out and start a business. That's fine. Have both plans. And then, like Chris said, he got promoted real quick, so he had to change his mind for a hot minute. Okay, I'm at promoting. I got to go a couple of years and make this. All right. He stayed that lane for a little. But then he even said, after that couple of years, he's like, okay, now I got to go back to, it's time to get out now because I want to do something different in my life. I want a new phase in my life. And that's, I try to tell all you guys out there, be energetic about the change, but be cautious because it's not as easy as people make it out to be. It's not like you just go from being in the Army and going to get a civilian job. It's the same. It's not. And it takes a little while. Like Chris said, it takes a year or two to get your mind mentally wrapped around you're not a soldier or a sailor or a marine or an airman anymore or a guardsman you're just joe snuffy now and that's the hardest thing so chris 
you again, my friend, we've, we've been talking a little bit offline. You were amazing, brother. And I appreciate you coming on and giving us, giving us this big laydown of where you're at and where you've been and how you got there. It's been amazing. And I appreciate every second you were on the show with us. So what I want to do now, though, is for our veteran Be Real community out there, all the veterans that may be listening and soldiers that may be listening, what can we do as a veteran slash soldier community or active duty military community to support what you're doing to show our appreciation for your efforts today? Well, Thank you for the thank you for the the opportunity. Most of all, I want to thank you for this uh, coming and share my story and share my two cents, as I would say it. That was more like a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to share my two cents, but no, man. Like you mentioned, you know, Vapreneur Tribe, man. I'm I'm working with Steve and Lane, and we're yeah, going to Nick. Steve's, Steve's been on my show. Lane's going to yeah, be my operator. Yeah, those yeah. guys are huge mentors, guys. Exactly, Lane's man. a special those... operator. Steven's an ex-soldier. But those guys, I mean, Chris is right, man. That, that oh, Facebook is, is so much knowledge. Yeah. I mean, I was just working with Joseph Wynn. He's, he's another, he's part of their, you know, he's in business. Yeah. And there's so much knowledge in this. A thing he said, you know, there's so much leadership in there. There's so much information and people willing to help you. But like, just come by my spot. Team Room Talk is my podcast. Listen to it. Tune in. We have a gang of people. Another source. You could hit me on Facebook. I had a Team Room Talk uh, Nation or at Green Beret Media. I have a couple pages on Facebook. If you just type in Chris McPhee PMP, you'll find me. I'm on LinkedIn as just Google or search. I'm your camera guy. You can't miss me. Yeah, it's you over his shoulder if you're watching the video. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> you know, always, always. You know what, man? I would tell everybody, a lot of my special operator buddies, like, man, what are you doing, Chris, man? What are you doing? I'm out of my comfort zone, bro. Like, it's easy being in the shadows. It's easy being, like, you know, people like, like, I'm just trying to be myself. I'm a happy person. I'm energetic. You know, with a tag name like Smurf. Yep. Yeah, you I mean, got attention anyway. You're not going yeah, to Smurf. I, I like, I, I gotta, I gotta just be who you're I am. You, know, <laughs> you gotta, I gotta be, be I just gotta be Smurfy all the yeah. time. You know? You're not, you're not in the shadows anymore. You're not an operator anymore. You're I'm not, like, that's your other side, right? I'm not, I'm not here, but no, man, appreciate this opportunity. Yeah. And, and everybody out there listening, on Chris's feed on our website, you'll find all those links. And I, I'm definitely going to – I just I just actually jumped on acp-us.org, and it's amazing. And I'm going to jump in there and share it on my Facebook page, on my websites. It'll all be there because it's just another resource for all of us, right? There's just so many. It's almost there's like retarded amount of resources. There's so many. It's hard to find the right ones. But if you don't start diving into them, you're not going to know, right? So you got to get in there. And I'm sure they'll even have resource pages on here. I'm sure somewhere in here that gives you different things that they don't do that they help you find point directions. But listen. Check out the Facebook page. Check out the website. All Chris's information for his podcast episode release date is going to be there. And inside of that will be the feeds to his website, his podcast. I'm a subscriber to his podcast. I'm telling you right now, guys, his podcast is badass. All right. So he's got guys on there. And that's it's an interesting podcast. I listen to it. I've listened to it the last three mornings driving to work. Yeah. So it's very addictive it. because there's good stuff on there, guys. So pay attention to it. He's a veteran. So go yeah. on there. Even if you don't listen to it every day, go subscribe anyway and rate it. And give him a five star and help him because that helps build his, his pot. Just like it does veterans be real, it builds us up. So it makes it easier to get guests on the show and things like that. So we can keep that interactive going back and forth between our guests and our, and our audience. So do what you can for Chris. He's an amazing man. He's a, he's a veteran with, and he was a hero, man. He's a hero. He's a, he was a guy who did the job that 
a lot of us couldn't do, right? But he was the one there doing what had to be done. So we appreciate his service. Thank you, Chris, for being on the show again, man. It's been a blast, and I appreciate your time, my man. Hey, I appreciate it, brother. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone, I'm out of here. Oh,